Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Science of Pokemon. I am your host, Veteran Lucas, and with me today is Professor Collins. How you doing, buddy? Friend Lucas, we must talk at once. Oh, no, what are you up to now? The mighty Loki has played curse upon this land. Oh, God, where's Dawn? Dawn! Dawn! <laughs> oh, well, no. I figured, I figured you, that since, since Pokemon is doing so much Norse right now, I'd like to get in on it. Yeah, they kind of just threw all the Viking at it, didn't they? But the Vikings are just one part of what we're talking yeah. about today. Where is where is my Loki Pokemon? Um, next gen, maybe. Who knows? Anywho, today, let's continue our little adventure into Galar, and let's just go right into Grimm's Fairy Tale. Let's go right into some of the myths and legends that these guys have come up with for this, because i got to say... We're going to talk about Matt Damon? They picked some good ones. What? Why would I talk about Matt Damon? Heath, Why would anyone Heath talk Ledger, about Matt Heath Damon? Ledger's in that movie, right? Heath, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start Who, the episode. I'm gonna start the episode. I don't know what <laughs> movie. We never know. Grimm. Nobody knows. <laughs> ah, what movie? Brothers Grimm. Oh, right. No, I'm just starting this episode now because that movie was terrible. <laughs> it was Matt Damon and Heath Ledger. <laughs> All right, I think we need a we need to start with the Pokemon news because Pokemon has been busy. Yeah, Nintendo did file uh, Junction in, in Seattle, where T where TPCI's headquarters is, um, where they will they're going after John and Jane Doe's, mm -hmm. and they are uh, essentially. They they have motions to serve subpoenas on Discord, 4chan, <laughs> uh, before several parties, uh, and a lot of this has to do with the breaking of the non-disclosure, from my understanding. Yeah, I can't say 4chan with a straight <laughs> face either, but yeah, it's basically based on uh, it's based on a non-disclosure agreement. But I don't think it's believe they're trying to pursue it based on lost revenue. I think one of the arguments they're going to try and go for when they get these guys or girls is that. When it comes down to it, the leaks might have had them lose revenue, even though this was the best-selling game of oh. their lives. Like it's, this game it's is one the best-selling those... game on the Switch. Why it's not winning awards right now, I do not know. Uh, Death Stranding. Anyway, <laughs> it's important. It, I think that like there are going to be people who are saying like, "No, save the leakers," but like, look, it's their property. It's their brand. They're well, in the right. That's what a non-disclosure. Like that's what that is. <laughs> like you're not. You broke you broke a, you broke a legal contract. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. This is you maybe you're going to die heroes, but you're still going to die in legal mm -hmm. when they find you. And believe me, they will. This is the biggest brand on the planet. They can throw all the money in the world into hunting you guys down. So largest largest listen, franchise economically. Literally this is the largest franchise. So if you're thinking of running, I recommend Brazil, not just because my family's there, because but there's also no extradition treaty, so uh, you can run yeah, and hide uh, there. But, but it's, Otherwise, but it's, they're it's going to. It's interesting though. You. I just, I just to see how tenacious they are protecting their copyrighted material, and we know that personally. Yeah, no, we have a little bit. <laughs> we have some firsthand knowledge of that. They just politely took down some of our shirts. What if we had? Yeah. Oh God, uh, they could have done so one much piece worse of to us. News. Smogon, in singles, has banned all of Dynamaxing. <laughs> that was my heartbreak because I am the singles player guy. And I was just telling Don oh, yeah. the other day, looks like I'm switching to doubles like the rest of you because 
by an over 85% majority, their council was like, yeah, no, this is too cheap. Is it their council only like I seven disagree people, because I'm of the school <laughs> of syndrome from the – no, it's more than that. They have a ton of people that are part of the voting no, system. No, but their, their council – yeah, they have tons of people who vote. But their council who makes the decision is only seven people, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I mean, they, it's again, it's one of those things like the, it's their platform. It's their right to change the rules as they see fit. I don't like it because I am of the school of mind, the same as Syndrome from The Incredibles. If everybody's super, nobody is. If everybody has the ability to Dynamax, I think that you can be smarting it around it. Randomness and weirdness is how the well, game should be played. That is how I believe the game should be played. If someone can, does not expect what's coming, then Don and I were talking about it in depth um, when it came out Tuesday morning. Literally at 6 a.m. we're having this discussion through text. And... You know, we both uh, we both felt it was a bit cowardly for different reasons. Um, Don, Don, and I both agree. Both agree. Singles isn't going anywhere. I think this will drive more people to VGC, though. Which cool? It's driving me. So there's your evidence right there. I used to never want to go you back. Know, the the his point was that a lot of them are comfortable. Are comfortable. Comf- a lot of them are comfortable with the type of games that they are used to those 40 turn games and the introduction of dynamaxing kind of changes that it quickens it up real good yeah and so they're not necessarily comfortable with that my point was though is that they could introduce a few new mechanics onto showdown that would instantly fix all of this um having full team preview really would would dot you know uh, uh, make this a, a bit more interesting. I mean, if you see what your opponent has, then you can at least kind of guess what he's going to Dynamax. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I, 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 I'm I a bit disheartened by it. Um, because to remove an entire mechanic seems a bit over the to- over top to me. And, and, and literally it, only it, a month. To say, that, to say that there's no way to plan for Dynamax Gyarados or Dynamax Halucha just seems silly to me. When literally, I think it looks down on us. It looks down on us as like, oh, these players but will never be able to figure this out. the same group of people that said that every team needed a counter to Landorus T. <laughs> or that nobody can use Baton Pass to move multiple stats. That was heartbreaking. What do you mean I can't quiver dance my Farfetch into getting its awesome powers? What's wrong with yeah. you people? Yeah, I'm, I'm just, is. I mean, well, I get a lot of it. I get a lot of the balancing things, but this one to me just seems like way over the top. And it really changes. Like if we were to ever do a draft league, like I don't know if I'd feel comfortable doing singles because Dynamaxing is a big part of the game. It's it's the truth and it's something I'm going to miss, but I'll get well, used welcome, to it. Welcome to doubles. Doubles Don is fun and we have cake. Like literally, 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 the difference is that you can go to these events in person, and there may be cake there. Ooh! (laughs) What is your news? So anyway, my um, my science news is a little bit different because I was scrolling through it and there's like, gosh, there's a lot of these. Nature posted an article, and I think everyone should read it because it shows science news events that have shaped 2019. That's the name of the article, and I think people should read it because. 
one of the things I like about reading these articles at the end of the year is that they go through a lot of the stuff you forget, like some of the stuff that happened in like January or February that you completely forgot that we've done that have enchant that have created so much. You also forget some of the stuff that we still need to be remembering. You remember all the people who have been out there fighting for climate change. Oh, Greta getting but Times like Person I, of the Year is a huge deal for the climate yeah, change. But it doesn't change the fact that inaction. <laughs> I mean, that was her whole point with like, 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 yes, you know, but other the fact that we are like, actually, I, don't want this. I want you all to step up and take action instead. And that message is actually going out there now because she's at the front of the page. It's what happens. People, when you're on the front, people listen. Even the people who don't like her have now have no choice but to listen. And the people around them have to listen. This shows you that to me, 2019 is the year that science picked up a few new voices. This was the year that people were able. To- I, 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 I hope you are right. I do have a lot of faith in, in, in Gen Z, that they will grow up and eat the rich. Well, um, come on! I do have a lot of faith. Hey, hey, hey! hey. <laughs> we're the millennials. I have, I have a lot of. We're gonna sell, we're gonna teach them how to properly season the rich. You know them. They don't know what they don't know how to properly season it. We know we know we know the sauces. <laughs> uh, first, a little bit of rosemary. <laughs> no, we're not uh, going to eat the pie. rich. We're not going to eat them. But it is important to understand that. I feel like everyone has that voice. I feel like everyone is getting that chance now, especially Gen Z. They're getting that shot. And I, you know, I have a lot of faith in them, but it is so unfair to put this burden on these kids. Hey, it was unfair for them to put it on us too. It's it's the endless cycle. It's an endless cycle of pushing burden onto people until things get done. Anywho, on that depressing note, let's talk about (laughs) magic, fairies, whimsy, and all kinds of crazy nonsense that the British came up with. Yay! All right, so this episode is going to be focused on mythological creatures that have made their way through the games. And this isn't going to be as long of a section as you might be used to with this show. We are still going to have a lot of information further down the line, but when it comes to mythology, there's just so much. There, I can't go about telling you where everything and every piece comes from. Nobody can. Where does the Eye of Newt come from? Uh, that would be Macbeth, but fine. I See, I can do that <laughs> one. That's like Shakespeare. That's, as we covered in the last episode, tons of people took over the island at different points. They brought their religion, beliefs, and cultural practices, and they melded. Yeah, if you're literally about to celebrate Christmas, congratulations. You, me, and the rest of the other Christians are celebrating it with pagan stuff along with it. We all know it. Oh, we, we got I over love it. it. I love all these Yule logs and Yule trees. <laughs> but most Saturnalia people— gifts. <laughs> What I want to focus on is helping people understand just how much of what they know about mythology doesn't just come from the Greeks and Romans. It comes from British mythology and how much of it is tied into American culture and a Western culture. Well, that's because so, so much of it like blends. Like every, it does. Everything gets melted together and then like regurgitated. <laughs> but the first place where it melded was the Anglo-Saxon period where they transferred over to the island either violently or non-violently. Still a lot of debate on that one. And they connected over the oral traditions passed down in the families and the villages. And many of these myths are still passed down today. The most common way to find a lot of these is literally just open Harry Potter. Look up some of the monsters they talk about. That's all the British lore, D&D and beyond. We're going to talk about unicorns later. You'll see it the same thing too. Every fantasy creature you can probably think of 
came from British lore. So everything from your elves, dwarves, and ogres to the dragons, well, I mean, the, the Western dragon. There's also a lot of ties to, to Norse too, though, but that connects to British culture. Yeah, and again, it all just blends right in. And they're not always monsters and fairy folk. That's the other thing most people don't realize. Um, these stories are connected to characters. King Arthur, the legend of King Arthur came about during the Anglo-Saxon period. There was the stories of the true, the one true king who would unite all the lands against any invader who would help well, to save I'm them. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't rise to power quick enough, Lucas. Yo, no, never. If you touch that sword, it would disintegrate. It would, no, I would not <laughs> have you ruling all of England. Oh, Neither would have... Nice. No, no, I'd have you rule... Uh, I'd have you rule something smaller, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, Canary Islands will start you off small. <laughs> Get a little island, a couple islands to yourself. <laughs> some tax breaks. <laughs> uh, anyway, like, stories like that led into the actual history of the island and it led into the enriching the lives of all these stories robin hood the mythical figure has been all throughout different stories in history it's all about the idea of stealing from the rich and giving to the poor a lot of the basic ideas of what people have of taking large amounts of taxes from the rich and giving to the poor ties directly to this idea so it isn't a new idea to ask the rich to pay for more taxes it would just not done with a man with a bow stealing all their stuff. Although I know a couple of people who kind of want to do that. We're not going to tell you their names. Sorry. One of the other things I wanted to point out was that a lot of these myths also focus on powers and abilities. So there was something called the chime hours, where if you were born at a certain time of the day or a certain time at all in a certain part of the year, you could see the dead. Like it just one of the abilities you get is that if you're born at the right time, you get to see dead people. So Go you. The um, other one is something called, and this is more tied to um, Christianity, uh, the sin eater. So the myth of the sin eater is that he would go up to people who were dead at the gravesites. He would suck up their sins, hold them into himself so that way that they can rest in peace. So this goes to show you that myths and legends are not a pagan practice, which is what a lot of people have this notion of. No, Christianity brought its plenty of its shares of myths. And there's... There's literally a myth of a – well, And hmm? took many too. Yeah, I mean yeah, we took some of them and then we readjusted them and turned them into life lessons to make sure people understood it. There are many myths about Santa Claus where if you didn't – like when Santa came, he didn't just drop a present. He was, hey, did you go ahead and uh, memorize all your prayers? And if you didn't, that's when uh, Krampus would come and start beating you and putting you in a sack. Anyway, uh, what you were telling me earlier that your do one of your kids lost a tooth, right? Yeah. If you would like to follow your two traditions, I'm going to allow you to follow. You can follow the old British tradition and burn them because if you burn them, that way you remove any sort of bad luck. Or you can take the Viking tradition where you buy them off your kids and use them as good luck. Your call. Well, I'm going to do neither because when my kid lost her tooth, her first tooth – she legitimately lost it. Oh, bummer. Yeah, I don't good. know. I don't know if that's good luck or bad luck. We'll find out, won't we? Went. And she doesn't know where it went either. So, so uh, other figures that you'll find in British mythology are things like Mother Earth, Father Time, every elf, dwarf, goblin, ogre. If you're thinking of a mythical creature, you're probably thinking of one of them. Even some Pokemon moves came from this. 
Will-O-Wisp. The move is based on an actual mythology of the strange lights you would see in the bogs, which we know is just swamp gas. But it was still really cool to see that Pokemon put that in. Damn near swamp gas and weather balloons. Damn near swamp gas done there. Blew up my, my gator farm. That's that's that don't that don't joke about that. That's an actual thing. Not really, but I wish it was. The other myth I was I was looking into this. There's a chart a mile long of these, and I found one that is still in practice today. And this shows you just how rooted into mythology some people can be. So, have you ever heard of the ravens of the Tower of London? No. Does it tie to Norse? No, it doesn't. Not everything is Norse, although a lot of things are. I'll give you that. <laughs> this is actually tied to the construction of the Tower of London well over a thousand years ago when it first started construction. Right around the 1500s, there was this myth that was spread about ravens. So we'll be talking more about ravens later, but let, there was a group of ravens that lived at the tower, six of them. If they were to ever leave the tower or get lost somewhere, then according to legend the crown would fall along with britain to this day at the tower of london there is an official post that you can apply for called the raven master your job wait wait, is wait, wait what yeah your job as the raven master is to tend for the domesticated ravens on the roof of the tower of london to make sure they don't leave there is literally taxpayer money being sent to pay for someone called, again, love this name, the Raven Master, to take care of these I ravens. I am master of the ravens. Yeah. Yo, I am guarantee that is an actual thing. You can look it up. You can be a literal Raven Master for the British government. That is just how far some of these myths go in. That is just how ingrained it is in, our, in some of our cultures that we will quite literally pay a dude to keep up the myth and mythology. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, and Pokemon has a raven this turn. They do have a raven this turn, and I'm saving him for the biology episode next time because, believe me, England has a lot to answer for for what it did to the raven population. But that's a story for another day. I do want to get into these myths, though, because we have a lot of fun information, and who knows, might be some surprises. You ready? No. Too bad. It's not all Vikings. Not all the time. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm really excited, though. We we have a new friend today, don't we? We do have a new friend. Since Don is busy with his work things, um, we're not going to get into details of that. We're actually going to be introducing uh, a friend of ours who actually – we saw a video talking about one of the Pokemon that we are going to be talking about tonight, and – we loved it, and we wanted you guys to hear it from him. So, big round of applause, unless you're driving, to Cameraman Chris. What's up, Chris? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Cameraman Chris. Can you tell us a little bit about Cameraman Chris real quick? <laughs> I mean, I think my name kind of says it all, but I, I uh, by trade, am a video producer. Uh, and I kind of grew up loving film and video games. And I have been listening to you all talk about th uh, this game and the world we live in. And uh, I thought, I, and I'm just glad to be a part of this process right now. Awesome. Can you answer our dying question? Why on God's green earth is an apple a dragon? Because folks, we're talking about apple and I'm confused. Chris, help me. Well, this is actually one of my favorite, th uh, one of my favorite aspects of the Pokemon games is the new introduction of the dragon ones in uh, every game that comes out. Because to me, there's nothing more human than dragon mythos because they span all sorts of 
uh, cultures, continents. It seems like everyone has a different kind of dragon myth. And so when you really dig into the UK myths, where this uh, this game is driving a lot of its inspiration from, you can really see where creatures like Applin or Flapple or Appleton uh, have their place in in the in the real world mythos. Wait, so you're telling me that this was wait for it intentional? Sorry, dare, Chris, he does that. He he does that. <laughs> dare I say it was intentional? But I can't speak for them. I can only draw inferences. But well, but when you have enough inferences that say it's intentional, there's probably a pattern there. Potentially, if it quacks like a duck, has feathers like a duck. Waddles like a duck. It's a surfet. And craps like a duck. Yeah, it's a surfet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. Sorry. Uh, no. So we, if you uh, look at some of the the uh, some of the more famous dragons from that that area, you have like the legend of Saint George and the dragon. You have the Sockburn worm, uh, which people believe is the inspiration for the Jabberwocky. Um, you have Siegfried if you count all the Germans who moved over. I I don't know that one. Oh, the, the Legend of Siegfried and the Dragon? Oh, there's again, there's a lot of these. Like yeah. you said, everybody has dragons. Yeah, and so what I what I love about Applin is when I first saw it, I just saw the apple, and I thought, well, that's a really strange thing for a Pokemon, but they've done weirder things. They've done haunted keys. Uh, but what I really when I started to look at it, I saw the little tail poking out from the end and the eyes, and I realized that it wasn't necessarily the apple, but it was this worm inside the apple, and that's when I uh, kind of made the connection that, oh... You mean... You mean verb? Verb, yes. As as I was getting to the uh, the, it's. I think Pokemon's kind of playing a little bit of a pun on us with well, some of the old Germanic languages. With dragon or serpent was worm or verb, and uh, I personally appreciate a really good dad joke, which is what I chalk this up to be. But <laughs> when you look at it, you can see that there's. It's clearly just this little creature that's living inside the apple. Uh, if you look at the Pokedex entry, that I mean, it it outright states that it crawled inside the apple to protect itself from its uh, bird predator Pokemon. Uh, so if you look into like in the real world, if you're looking into for something a little more uh, real to as inspiration, obviously like lots of insects plant their eggs inside fruit, uh, fruit flies so that when they're uh, when the eggs hatch, their larvae have tons of food to eat. And that's kind of what Applin does is it sits inside the apple and it just eats until it consumes the entire apple and uh, evolves into one of the two things you can get depending on what kind of apple it's buried itself into. Um, but I really do want to focus on this, the idea of like, it, it, I think that this tiny little thing does definitely deserve to be a dragon uh, because of, traditionally in, in myth, uh, a worm is a dragon that has no limbs, which while we can't necessarily see its entire body, I would venture that it does not have a hand and leg tucked inside that tiny yeah, little it's apple. Yeah, like, like a wyvern, right? Well, yeah, that's that's kind of where you get to uh, with Flapple, which uh, if when if it's consuming a a tart apple, uh, which I believe is uh, Pokemon yep. Sword, uh, yep. has the tart apple, it evolves into Flapple. And again, if you get to the to the name thing, like uh, Flapple apple flapping, it's it's not too too crazy. But uh, wyverns in Mythos were uh, a dragon that typically had a long serpentine tail and two limbs at the front. And the, they typically played a huge role in heraldry throughout the area, lots of like house signias. But the wyvern itself is a little different than your traditional, what you would think of as like the four-legged dragons, not just because of the number of limbs, but because of what they breathe. And there, there are hints there that, pe- that the, the Germans 
uh, with the wyverns and stuff understood by evolution better than the Europeans who imagined a four-legged dragon. Yeah, it's weird how they, some of them get that. Like in the book of Genesis, like just biblically, for some reason, they got the exact order right about how animals evolved aside from the timing. Like it's literally like, yeah, everything is ordered. You get like the sun and you get the water. You get everything ordered right. That is eerily fantastic. Thank you for that, I guess. <laughs> When they, uh, what they're known for in, in breathing is not so much fire as your sort of quintessential dragon as a fire breather. Wyverns pretty much breathe anything but fire. Uh, you got like uh, ice, electricity, uh, but one of the things that they do is they do breathe is uh, poison or poison breath. And I think that that's a, there's a direct nod to this with Flapple. If you look at its move sets, where at level four it learns the move um, Acid Spray, and Acid, while not necessarily a poison, as some people say, the dosage makes the poison. Uh, acid Spray in Pokemon is a poison move, and I think that's a really awesome nod to just kind of point back to the Wyvern and all the myths and legends that came with it. I also think that that is. Uh, it kind of brings it, bring it back to Applin. Part of me wonders if there's a little bit of basilisk in Applin's design because a basilisk is not uh, traditionally a giant serpent as has appeared in other pop cultures, but it's been a, a tiny, tiny, like the smallest of snakes. And they had poison breath in addition to, or or not poison breath. Uh, they were highly venomous in addition to having the, the petrifying stare and that's kind of all I see when I look at Applin's eyes. Um, it's just this bottomless abyss staring back at me. It's just love. It's all That's all that's in the abyss is love. Just keep looking deeper. You'll find it. I hope it's love because that thing's kind of scary. But um, but no, the uh, Flapple, I unfortunately bought Pokemon Sword without looking at the, the Pokemon that come with it. Because uh, while he is cool, he's not my favorite. Uh, my favorite of the entire new generation is actually what you get from the sweet apple, which is Appleton, which is oh, only the round a, boy. Round uh, boy. He is very round and he is terrific. I like before I started looking into some things, I instantly thought that he was basically a dessert Pokemon. And I think that's that is kind of what they're going. You for. take that back. <laughs> he is. I don't know. Dessert's great. I love dessert. Uh, He's but tasty. he just. He looks like an apple pie. Like he's got the little cross hatched things on his back. Like that's a pie. <laughs> or some uh, kind of tart. Okay, so what do we need to know about him? I mean, what you what you need to know about Appleton is that he has a really strong scent, which again, I think ties it back into the idea of being a pie Pokemon. Uh, but no, it's it kind of ties itself back into that image of someone putting a pie on the windowsill and everyone smells it and comes running. Uh, the idea of using an aroma to attract uh, any to attract other beings, you know, kind of ties itself into that. Specifically with Appleton, it says it. Uh, the Pokedex says that it uses its scent to draw in bug Pokemon so that it it can eat, which is kind of dark. But like everything needs to eat. That's. I mean, yeah. I get I literally just worked with a bunch of kids today who were really upset by the fact that um uh, that there are snails that eat other snails. And they're like, no, and they can't eat another animal. It's like, y'all had bacon. Y'all, all of you have had bacon, I swear. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone's got to eat. It's just fish, it's are friends, fish are friends and food. That's the thing they never taught in Finding Nemo. 
<laughs> but that's uh, what what the uh, what I what I really appreciate about Flapple and Appleton's design, specifically with the the food that Appleton eats that evolves them, is that you know Appleton is explicitly stated to have a sweet aroma, which it gets from eating a sweet apple. Meanwhile, Flapple is this very tiny acid spraying thing that it evolved from eating a tart apple. Uh, and and yeah, when and, you say it out loud, it does it doesn't sound very nice. Now that I think about it, no, it's this tiny little acid spraying thing. I think it's like I think it weighs like two pounds. Like it's tiny, but it's just fly, flying around spraying acid everywhere. It's scary. Uh, but my what I really like about Appleton is that I don't think he's just a dessert Pokemon. I think that there is a little bit more to it, especially if you dig into some of the more noteworthy dragons uh, in, in, uh, in UK lore. And specifically you look at something like the Lambden worm, which if you're going to get real specific into the names, Appleton ends in T U N Lambden T O N is the suffix for town. Uh, I, you know, I, I think there's something going on there, but there is, the connection's a lot stronger um which is if you're unfamiliar with the myth of the lambden worm uh basically uh, a man skipped church one day and decided to go fishing instead and he didn't catch anything up until uh church service was over and he caught this tiny little lamprey type thing and he brought it back to the town and it ended up being thrown down a well Meanwhile, this man is then sent off to fight in the Crusades. I don't know which one, Uh, but as he, (laughs) potentially, but as he's gone, uh, that little worm becomes a very, very big worm and starts terrorizing the town and uh, eating livestock and just being an all-around menace. Uh, And he comes back and he's told he has to to vanquish the dragon. And I'm not kidding you, like this dragon is supposed to be huge it's supposed to coil itself around a hill in the town uh which again if you look at the the design of applin like he's got a big big back it could be it could be a hill it could also just be an overstuffed apple pie um but uh my my favorite part that ties in with appleton with this is that when the man kills the dragon he's told that he has to kill the next living thing he sees or his family will be cursed for nine generations and so he sets up an arrangement with his father, and he says that when he kills the dragon, he's going to blow his horn three times, and the father's going to release the family hound, who's going to run to the man, and then he's going to kill the dog and spare the family uh, lineage. And so he kills the dragon, and he blows the horn, and the father is just so pumped that his son beat the dragon, that instead of releasing the dog, he runs uh, to congratulate his son. And so the son decides... Uh, unable to kill his father, I guess, decides to live with cursing his entire lineage for nine generations. And if you look at Appleton's movesets at the same spot where Flapple learns its, uh, its specific move acid spray, Appleton actually learns the move curse, which Ooh. I think is a really nice, really cool nod uh, to the I mean, myth. And, and I know there's a lot of people who will be like naysayers and maybe, 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 maybe you're wrong. But I don't know, man. There are there are all these coincidences with Pokemon, like continuously, especially these ones made off of lore, mm-hmm. where you just keep seeing all these coincidences, and you're like, well, at some point, you're like, well, how purposeful is Game Freak? Yeah, I mean, there's 
There's got to be. I mean, if you even look into it too, I was. Uh, I I just stumbled upon it too because one of the things I was disappointed with is that it's an Apple Pokemon, and the first thing I think of with apples in the UK is William Tell, and I was thinking that it, you know. It would be great if Applin or any of his evolutions learned the move Snipe Shot, just as a little nod to to William Tell. Um, but I just found out that Appleton can have the or Applin can have the hidden ability Bulletproof, which I don't think there's any reason for this Apple to be bulletproof other than some form of nod to not being able to take damage from a ranged weapon. That is a nice I out of all the stuff you've said through this. That is my favorite. I love that. That's such a small... No one would notice that unless you actually love this Pokemon, as you clearly do. Thank you so much for all of this, dude. That was this cool. Is, like, I didn't, I didn't realize we could go through like just this one Pokemon. Like, I'll be honest. I didn't think much of this apple, and now I do. Thank you. you wanna, do you want to stick around for some more Pokemon? We got um, some other ones. Yeah, I can hang out for a bit. So the next one we were um, going to talk about is uh, the one that's been kind of sweeping the meta. And that's Hatrini. The Hatrini line alone is just like on everyone's team if you're playing doubles or almost any of them really. What? Just, it's such a what, dude? Play doubles with I, I guess, do. It's the perfect trick. Play doubles. So does Don. Like I, I what? Yeah, it's good in trick I've room. I've been learning. It's good in trick room, but like it's not. Its use otherwise is not. Sand is the sand is so the big thing right room. now. Sand is the big thing. Yeah, because Excadrill and his boy are hanging out. Heck yeah. So, so yeah, Hatrin, if it wasn't obvious, is based on witches. It is based <gasps> on witchcraft. No way. I yeah. can see that. Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> yeah, it's a little subtle. If you is look very on, closely. Is it based on the critically acclaimed 2000s movie, The Craft? <laughs> no. So, obviously, it's based on witchcraft, but one of the things that... It's, it's interesting if you go back to the mythology that we were talking about earlier on the island, all these different people came together in one island and all their mythologies mixed, but all of the um, religions that they practiced mixed in together as well. Well, yeah, that's uh, how you get all these like pagan traditions. <laughs> it is, but one of the biggest mistakes people make about British culture or almost any culture is that it's static. And that's the one thing I never want people to think, especially when it comes to things like witchcraft. So witchcraft's true beliefs and the pagan beliefs really set in when the Anglo-Saxons brought their beliefs to England. Um, before, uh, when Rome rose, there was a mass increase of Christianity. But after they left, uh, there was a decrease as the Anglo-Saxons came in and took over and they put in theirs. And those pagan beliefs became really, really strong. So uh, it's Pokemon known as being as the Witch of the Forest, which in many pagan rituals, uh, being part of the forest, you see some of the druids that connects directly to that. Uh, but also her design about her hair is really cool because in witchcraft and a lot of the occult practices, hair has some power over whatever you're using. You can use your own hair well, to – This is definitely the generation for hair. Yeah. Right? No, it's it's cool and in, in, in from studying this. Like it's – you can see the use of hair as a symbol of power to power up your own magic, or people can use someone else's hair to curse them. Um, it's one of those weird bits that I really love, but it gets weirder when you read its Dynamax Pokedex. Though it's called the Rage Goddess. The second that it um, the second that it, it turns into that Dynamax form, it's just Rage Goddess, and that might have connection to the Roman god Lysa 
who is literally known as the uh, the goddess of mad rage and fury. And since the Romans owned that rock, it wouldn't be too surprising if they threw some of that in there. But the thing I wanted to ask you too, why on earth does it hate emotion so much? Because I have no idea. I have dug in because a lot of time to this one. The, you can't have strong emotions in British culture? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was going to go more just maybe controlling like if you're tying of witches controlling your emotions during like spell casting but I don't I don't know anything about witches listen man I'll be honest I'm Catholic if when it came to the witches we did a lot of horrible things to people who really didn't deserve it so forgive me if my lack of witch knowledge is pretty limited well I mean you guys you guys you guys stole their traditions we're all about to have pagan we traditions. certainly are and <laughs> in my up. defense it was mostly i'm gonna go decorate my pagan tree and burn my pagan logs <laughs> and hang my pagan in my leaves. defense most of the worst crimes were done after they separated from the main body so i am scot-free not really but still in any case it's such an interesting pokemon to have because i let i I like the fact that it can't be around emotions because that just reminds me, like, just imagine this most stoic trainer. It's like, well, why don't you smile? She's she's watching me. I, I just think... Well, yeah, I'm And not- it's also creepy because it's described as the silent Pokemon, so it's just standing there staring at you, hating all of your emotions. And then just uh, the second, hey, we won! Oh no, I emoted. Wham! Oh god. It's Mean Girls. Just awful. But... It is the mean girls. It is girls. the mean girls. You can't sit with us. <laughs> it just looks like the Gardevoir's cut, like Gardevoir sits with That's the- why it's wearing pink, Lucas. It's already Wednesday. Oh, no, it is- I'm not wearing pink. Oh, I'm going to, I'm banned from the table. God, that movie was, was a wonderful. All right, so the next one I actually added to my team. This Pokemon, uh, I had a major love for Wait, did you, did you, did you really? I added this thing to my team. Rodriguez is okay. on my team. Coffergrigus was on okay. my old team back in the day. I love this thing. One of my favorites. He's but, actually one of my favorites from this from these games too. Yeah. How you evolve him is hot garbage. I hate it. Other people have hated it, and I still hate it. I hate how you evolve it. Wait, wait, you mean like walking under the thing? Like getting that like unless you had the internet, there's no way you could figure that out. Like there is not I mean, a that's chance kind of in the joke is that like 90% of the evolutions in this game are like that. Yeah, I just But I think I th- I think they're doing that on purpose now cuz we're at the point where there is the internet. They just like you have to look it up. I mean, think about how many how many dumb how many dumb 10-year-olds we all were like, "Oh, if you just keep going back to the truck, like me use under that truck, guys." Hey, Don's oh. uncle works for Nintendo. He told me it was there. <laughs> I spent <laughs> yeah, okay. months looking for that stupid Mew, and I never found it. That's what it. I'm saying. Like, but now we have the internet. Like, we can all. Be, Nintendo could literally be like, "You need to have a Moonstone on the first Monday of a month, and need to be in this specific location with your Pokemon being next to its best friend." So, yeah. No. And we'd it, all do it. <laughs> we'd all do it. So Rune Regis is based on an old tradition, but it's actually based on a tradition that's not from England. It is based on a Nordic tradition. It is based on Viking tradition. It is based on the Rune Stones. And basically the Rune Stones are... We're Vikings from Minnesota. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. They ain't no Minnesota, although that would be pretty rad if they made it that far. It's wild because most of these are found in Sweden. They're basically just giant gravestones, giant intricately carved gravestones. Most of them were made between 900 and 1000 AD. 
And they were used for a lot of things. They were used to not only mark where someone died, they were also used to mark territory, explain inheritance. Uh, it talk, it boasts about like different things that you built, like a bridge. And it- so, so wait, hon, hon, can I just make a joke here? Yeah, go make a joke. <laughs> the 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 Arab the the Muslim world invents, uh, you know, algebra to figure out inheritance, <laughs> and and here 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 they are in Sweden using stuff. Huh. We we can use this complex math or a rock. <laughs> Just a rock. I love I love history so much. Uh, but it was mainly it was mostly used to bring glory to the dead kinsmen and to lead and tell about important events. Most of these back in the day when they were first built were actually um they had a lot of Christian writings and symbols and one of the hypotheses was that during the time there was a newly baptized king and one of the ways that they would show uh, and Christianity just became the new fashion. Uh, most likely, though, and this most likely they were just Christian and they just wanted to put it on their rocks because Christianity had spread up into the areas of Sweden by that point. There are some, though, with Thor's hammer on it. So Stenvist, oh, here we go. Let's try this. Stenvista's runestone has Thor's hammer on it, and it's one of only two known in the world that got it. It's wild, but. That that's remains the question of why on earth. That's because that actually is Thor. It, it's the the question remains though. Why is this thing evil? And that's what I tried looking into because there's no mention of a runestone going evil. There's no evil markings. They're literally the opposite. They show holy symbols, mostly in Christianity, but in other religions as well. Others just telling how great Ooh. someone is. Oh, maybe it's a Japanese joke making fun of other religions. I found out it was actually something creepier. So. When you look into the Pokedex of Yamask, it says it was possessed by an evil spirit and it was corrupted. So there was a group of people that really didn't care for Romans or other invaders showing up on their doorstep. And that was the Celts. One of the things that they found in the city of Bath were something known as the Bath Curse Tablets. Oh. So the, yeah. No, I know these. Yes. Have you heard of them, Chris? I have not. It sounds really spooky. Yeah, so the town well, of Bath. The Celts. <laughs> yeah, the, the Celts were. The, there's one of the reasons the Romans were scared of them is because the Celts are scary. Uh, oh my gosh, their beliefs were like. Wild. Uh. But the cursed, Bath curse tablets were a series of curses found on slabs of rock that were found in the city of Bath. And these ones specifically cursed thieves and asked the gods to take get back their stuff, but also cursed those who stole it. So it's some wild stuff, and I absolutely love so, it. So, like, like hanging out with the Celts back then would be like in high school, Chris. When you go to like talk to that 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 weird anime girl who then hisses at you like a cat, and you're just like, okay, never mind. Yeah, there, there was a good. Re- <laughs> I, never mind. I'm good. I'm walking away. It ain't See worth later. It, it ain't worth. <laughs> this is an ooh woo free zone. I'm out of here. <laughs> I should have never had a crush on that girl, Lucas. Oh uh, no, you never. You never should have. I never had a chance. It's so good. She would have put a curse on me. <laughs> you know, looking at this thing too, I it look, kind of looks like there's a flapple if you put all the pieces together. Wait, okay, what? There can't be a flapple everywhere. Wait, but wait, hot, wait for real? Like, like, just like snap the arms in, take away the ghost fingers. I'm searching right now for pictures of it. Look at How do you spell this thing? It's Rune re Gus. Thank you. Thanks, it's got the little. Oh, it's got oh, the little like hat. If you if you take it to your camp, it, it like uh it like puts itself together. 
Okay, I found a piece we've put together. It, it's got it's little... like a worm with big eyes, yeah. Not saying it has to be, but it could be. Hmm. Could be. You might be onto something. I mean, like, it's less delicious. I mean, as we said, things are intentional. There's a reason why, you know, in, in Gen 6, we got a uh, a tiki, a totem, tiki totem. Hey, can I just say something, something though, really quick, though? You know, you said you didn't like the evolution method, but I'm going to pose the opposite thing. The evolution method is a brilliant. If you're playing these games blind, imagine how amazing it is. The one in a million chance. You just walk under a rock and all of a sudden you're like, your Yan mask evolves and you're like, what the heck just happened? No, that's, that's, that's very true. Yeah, that reminds me of the old Shedinja days. That's what I'm saying. Like, how cool is that? You're like, some, some random thing happens. You're like, what? wait, what? <laughs> but how many people do we think accidentally evolved this thing? Like, I remember when I was a kid. I, uh, the, first, the first two. Yeah, well, I, I accidentally discovered Articuno in the Seafoam Island, and it, like, shaped my entire view of that generation. But, like, I, like I, it feels like right now one person does it, well, and then everyone I think that's knows. also a testament to how, how much uh, more connected we are now. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. Still hate it, but yeah. I appreciate right, your let's, point. Let's move on. Still let's hate move it, on. But I like what you said. Uh, yes. Let's go to unicorns. Who doesn't love unicorns? Yes. Unicorns. Uh, I have two girls. I hate them. <laughs> what if I can make you love them by the end of this? Uh, no. I'm going to try. So unicorns are in a ton of different cultures. And they're even found in the Bible. You can literally find unicorns in the Bible right when Noah left them to drown. But just kidding, but he probably did. Anywho, like in the Pokedex, um, unicorns are actually found to have healing abilities, the ability to cure poison, so much so that there was a market for parts of them, even in, in our time, where people will try and get unicorn pieces, and they used to sell narwhal teeth as unicorn horns, which I think is brilliant, like brilliant uh. marketing. It worked. People bought it, and – We've all seen Rapidash's new ability, the ability to just stop anyone from being poisoned. That's really, really cool. Uh, but it had another side to it. Now, it wasn't cute. It was evil. It wasn't evil. It was more like, don't try and catch me or I'll kill you. That's kind of yeah, like Yeah, like in D&D. Yeah, they were D&D. D&D did it right. Dungeons and Dragons made unicorns. They're like psychic monsters, and they're like, if you mess with me, I will make your brain explode. There is literally an ability in D&D where you can accidentally summon a unicorn, and I said, oh, wow, I want to try that. The DM was like, no, you don't. It doesn't listen to you. It doesn't listen to anybody unless there's one specific thing you can do. According to legend, uh, they're usually wild and untamed, but if they meet a virgin – and they will calm down. That's it. That's all you got to do. The hunter will use would use virgins as bait to catch them. And they would use them as bait. It is one of those weird things like, oh, okay, just use somebody else's bait to catch the super nasty horse. I don't want to get too much into the unicorn because with unicorns, they're like, everyone knows about them. But I did want to get into a little more history because I can't stop at this point. Did you know that Scotland's mascot for the country is a unicorn? No. I know now. Do you know why? It's so wonderful. So the symbol of England at the time, 100 years before that, was the lion. And according to legend, the lion is the, the lion's natural rival is the unicorn. Oh, 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 Gundam. Gundam unicorn? Really? Yes. You just get a tie to Gundam? Oh, fine. I'll no, no, but like, like. 
the 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 uh, the one that they make to fight it is a lion. Exactly. Hey, there you go. That's 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 what is hack in mythology. They also made it their symbol because unicorns are tenacious and will never give up and never surrender. So at the time, that was Scotland's way of saying, "Hey, so we're the unicorn." You're the lion. We're going to stab you with our horns. We ain't going to listen. You cannot tame us. I just think that's an awesome piece of history to add in connecting that mythology of just, wow, you hate someone so much. You made your mascot animal the animal that kills that one, even if it's not real. Like props. Props to the unicorn. Props to them. I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head I'm just trying to wrap my head around the idea of someone trying to find a natural predator for the lion and they're like out like a horse with a spike on its head <laughs> like, like what like what can take down this apex predator and they're like i don't know magic horse magic horse i'm down with the magic horse who's up i was just gonna say a really big dog but we hunted those already That's yeah amazing. let's go with the horse with the knife knife horse knife horse who would win in a fight the- this super predator with claws and fangs or this horse with a knife taped to its face. Knife horse. <laughs> knife horse. So that's the new name for the unicorn. I'm going to call my new Rapidash Knife Horse. Everyone who's listening to this, Knife Horse is their new name. So the last one um, I wanted to talk about was one that gets tied with a lot of myths, but I wanted to try and break some of those down. So we're going to talk about Stoneinger, which means talking about Stonehenge, which means people are going to start saying a bunch of stuff if anyone aliens says aliens you may stop listening to this podcast i don't want to hear it aliens i don't need no no you're out you're all out no more aliens no aliens built it stop it it's infuriatingly but insulting Lucas, to every culture aliens. ever made because because anyway. i can't understand it it must be aliens. <laughs> yeah because my people didn't build it it must be aliens that's usually that's how exactly it goes how it because goes. my that's exactly my, how it goes. it's really really stupid but people have been it's very uh eurocentric it and yet somehow they do it still to europeans it's weird people have been studying those rocks for centuries people have found some of the weirdest stuff with it and the things that have made it weird is not just the size of the stones but also the make of them they use something called bluestone and they were able to trace it those stones that are there some of them are from over a hundred miles away, these stones were carried and transported for a very specific reason, and people don't know the exact reasons as to why, and that is because there were multiple. This was not a one-lifetime job. This took centuries to complete. Um, Stoninger is based on the idea that it was used as a calendar. Uh, in fact, there was a General Hawkins back Ger- Gerald Hawkins in the 1960s. He suggested that it was used as an astrological calendar, and that's how Stoneinger is based. But even that is up to speculation, because in the Pokedex it says that Stonegers will gather in one spot one time of the year in a big circle during an astrological sign, but there's one thing that's holding that back. There's one thing that's holding that theory back, and that is what holds Britain back in a lot of ways, the weather. According to some critics, it was never. I made weather jokes last time, and you gave me trouble. Yeah, I did. Only this time it was a- this time it's an actual critique. They're saying the weather and the cloud cover would make it far too poor for them to ever get a view of the stars the same way that the people of the Middle East did, and they just didn't have any proof of any knowledge. Although that last one's up for some debate because they didn't have any written text, so we can't actually judge all of their knowledge. Uh, but before then. People thought it was everything from a burial ground 
for um, a king made by Merlin in the 5th century, and that was toted around for centuries, and that Merlin used his magic to move the stones. That was like the historical thought. Classic Merlin. 18th... Yeah, classic Merlin moving rocks with his mind. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> what can you do? Do you want to save the world today? No. I'm going to move these rocks and make this man a nice place to lay his corpse. <laughs> so in the 1800s, this one has really stuck around. It's gotten real annoying. Um, they thought it was a Celtic holy site, and some people still believe that. People are still going there year after year after year to celebrate old Celtic traditions there. But as we talked about the last episodes, the Celts weren't there first. These were the local Britons who did this. These The Celts didn't show up for more than a thousand years later. There's nothing Celtic about this site. What we know about this site is that it took generations to build, and it was used for all kinds of different purposes. It has been used as an altar for a ceremony. There are bodies around it, so it was probably a burial site. There are injured bones there, so people might have taken it for a place of healing. Again, this was a big project done for centuries. And there are some people who even believe that it was used as a place to convene for all these tribes to come in as one. That one's a little bit harder to prove. But to me, I just think it's interesting that this one set of rocks built by ancient man has led to so many myths and so many connections. And Pokemon just picked Stoninger and just, yeah, let's just tick the calendar one and have it kick stuff. I love that. I love that. So that's the other thing they added to it. It's just, what's it good at? Well, it can tell the, it can tell what day it is and it kicks stuff real good. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, I, every time I see it, I think of that Monsters University movie. Yes. And that monster. That's how I imagine it walking. <laughs> Like that 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 one that uh, Charlie Day played. Oh God, yeah! <laughs> really awkward, really awkward, long stride. <laughs> Just imagine it running at you. I've never found one of the Wildlands. What would that look like? I want to see what that looks like in the Wildlands, but it's actually just that's like... like what it looks like though. Like it has that tiny arm and those really long legs. I think it's safe to say that this thing did not skip leg day. <laughs> no, it is leg day. That's why it needs the calendar powers. What day is it? Every day is leg day, but it is April fourth. I want to. I, I want to see this thing get a, a Gigamax so bad. Uh, yeah, it just, it just becomes full on Stonehenge in, in that. That's what I'm saying. That's what it needs to be. That'd be so amazing. Oh, uh, uses Mega Kick. Mega what? Yeet! <laughs> there goes your Applin. Gone. Where'd it go? We well, it's past the stratosphere now, so it's dead. I I just well, I have to point out, like I again, I just really love wordplay in names, and it like the name is so funny to me with Stoninger and sojourn or i'm butchering that word but uh sojourn means a temporary stay and they basically just added a t and an n to that word and we're like yep giant rock that sits there and will occasionally move but for the most part just stays there hooray the rock that leaves for literacy uh, so that wraps up all the Pokemon we were going to talk about. We definitely have more mythical Pokemon to talk about. We're going to have to have a spillover episode at some point of this. But, uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for joining us on this yeah, magical adventure. Yeah, it was so adventure. much fun, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, hopefully we'll see more of you. But thank you so much. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Oh, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. I liked him. I like camera. Chris. I hope we see more of cameraman Chris. He was fun. Yes, yes. I I hope so too. Um, I I just want to say thank you to everyone for supporting the show and the network and everything. Uh, if you haven't, 
<clears throat> our network has a Discord and it is growing. Come join us. We hang out there. I am there frequently. Uh, we're doing an event this uh, holiday season, doing some Pokemon giveaways on Christmas, helping out new players getting their game so they can start their game with like, uh, I think uh, Bagel Noob from Pokemon Go FM said he's going to donate like a whole two boxes of like Larvitar. <laughs> Oh wow, that's a nice that's a nice little starter. I feel like some poor score bunny is gonna get kicked out of the group. Like this is my new starter now. Yes, but that, that's the point, man. I mean, like I'm giving because you can't get it till you have eight badges. I'm putting Lapras in there. See, I'm and even Mimikyu. I'm gonna try and start. I'm gonna breed some Dreepy. No, let's get. We some already have out. two people are doing Dreepy and two people doing Ponyta. Oh, okay. So they have the really, the really nice ones. I'll think of something. Yeah, I'm I playing like do. Lake start... stuff. Like, like Axew is good. Uh, Ooh, Darmanitan. Yeah, Darmanitan. That's those are all good ones because those are really cool Pokemon. And yeah, we just you know we wanted to spread the love. And I think that's something I want to thank you guys who have been supportive. I I am happy that we are getting to build positive things and not negative things. It's all thanks to you people. I know we joke and we make a lot of really negative We jokes. talked about the world burning a lot this year. Yeah. But like, really, it, it makes me happy to know that our show gets to do help out with charity stuff and the network is to help out with charity stuff. Like, it just, it makes me happy to know how, no matter how little it is that I get to use my free time to at least do something. Yeah. So I thank you guys. Please keep the support up. Uh, congratulations to Aster, our first winner. We're gonna, we're doing t-shirt giveaways to Patreon members every six months. Uh, our first winner, his shirt should be there by the time this episode drops. <laughs> two scoops. <laughs> two scoops. There we go. Two scoops all the way. What you know. Yes. Ah, yes. Good time. So follow us, Twitter, everything. Share it with your friends. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, but before Gavin. I go, hang on, let's see, got the list. Uh, first day of Hanukkah is coming up, to, I believe, the 22nd, so happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, yes. Yule, Happy New Year, Kwanzaa, uh, New Year's Eve. If I forgot any, I'm very sorry. Happy holidays to all. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye, everybody. Peace out.